What's up, guys? Jamie Boom Boom here. The bees knees, the cat's pajamas. We're here with the Red King, Rory Mack. Let's go! Rory, what is going on, my man? <laughs> Not much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, we were trying to do this for a while. We started the Boom Boom Show. Uh, obviously, you're a TriStar guy. We know each other for a long time. We had an Instagram Live. It's probably the last time we, we, we caught up. So what have you been up to, man? I know uh, you're back in Montreal. Uh, you were in Florida for a bit. What do you been, what's uh, what's Rory doing nowadays? Yeah, I fought three times in the last six months, Crazy, so it's been yeah. a busy mm -hmm. year. Um, yeah. I moved down to Florida for eight months uh, because of the whole COVID shutdown here in Montreal. I just figured uh, going down to Florida, I'd get a little more freedom to train and and stuff, and and, and it was a good place. Um, I uh, it was a great experience. Sanford. Yeah, at Sanford MMA in Florida, and now I'm back here in Montreal, and it's it's nice to be home. Yeah, the weather's nice too, I guess. You know, you had the obviously less COVID restrictions, better weather. Yeah, no <laughs> no mask and uh, no mask. Yeah. I know. What is that like? Like, uh, I think Florida's really ahead of the curve when it comes to they, or maybe they just don't care. But what was that like? Just walking around with no mask and being free, and you know, you have your children now. So, what was yeah, that like? it, I loved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the way I think it's. Yeah. the way it should be personally but um nobody talked about it no one really <laughs> cared everyone just yeah. carried on with normal life it's like covid didn't exist yeah so it was really nice that's cool that's cool man so now uh so you, yeah you were busy man you've been busy everybody knows you everybody knows you had a really long extensive usc career you've been fighting forever you started fighting at what age like professionally 16 <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah how yeah. does that work fighting because i know you're in bc you're from vancouver or outside of vancouver how does that work when you have to sign your first professional contract before you're 18? Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. Um, MMA, back then, no one really did it, or it, it was barely on TV. So I think at that point, UFC was on pay-per-view, and they had maybe one or two a year. Like, it was really slow, the scene of MMA. And uh, when I told my parents I was going to fight, <laughs> they thought it was crazy. Yeah. And like, and I told them, like, this is what I want to do. Like, I don't want to just, like, dabble in it. This is what, I, like, my passion is, and I want to go forward in it. Anyway, when it came time to have the first fight, um, the commissions didn't really know how to handle it. And they said, well, my promoter said, well, just get a parent signature just in case but it, in the end they didn't even question it they were just like whatever just yeah let him fight and, and what so what was the first martial art you did do you remember your first experience walking into a gym or i know you used to be the water boy back then because you know you had known for being young and having like a nice a crazy temper you know because you would really get after it and yeah. there's you know there's so many stories we can get into with kenny florian guys coming to the gym um so what was your first experience working into walking into a MMA gym or yeah. was it even an MMA gym back then? Was it jiu-jitsu school or? Yeah, it was a mixed martial arts gym, Toshido MMA. Um, I was 14 years old. My brother and I, my father were driving just, I don't know what we were doing, just running errands. And my brother <laughs> said, uh, yeah, this week we went to um, a class from my school, uh, like a PE class to a, uh, a UFC gym. And they, you know, they fight with those little gloves <laughs> and they do all these uh, wrestling things. And I was like blown away that that like that existed because I had watched UFC at a young age. And uh, right away, I, I like said, oh, that's so cool. My dad seen that like I was like really interested. I wouldn't stop asking him questions. My brother was getting annoyed. So my dad said, do you want to go check it out? So I was like, yeah, let's go. And we drove there and um, 
it so happened to be that they were doing like their training for the professionals for their fights. And it was just a bunch of like huge dudes, just sweated, bald heads, <laughs> tattoos everywhere. Just like, and you're 14. Like, you know what you would think about like tough guys back in the day? Like, you know, exactly what you, what you'd picture. A, yeah. And a me, I was guy, like yeah. a scrawny little like geek, you know, not like I was like a dweeb, you know, Yeah. big hair. <laughs> and, uh, I walked in there and I just thought it was so cool and I, I wanted to try it out. So we went to the coach, Dave. And he said, yeah, this is like the professional time to train. Come back in like an hour and do uh, like a test class. So I did. I fell in love. I did jujitsu and then Muay Thai that night. And I said, like, I'm, I'm never leaving. And I didn't. Yeah. That's and then it started. So like you're 14, you know, 14 years old this time. Two years later, you're having a professional fight. Yeah. 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 I was super um, dedicated. Like that was pretty much all mm -hmm. that I did. Like as soon as I got out of school, I was going to the gym. I stayed as late as I could. When I wasn't there, I was thinking about it, watching videos, and uh, I was doing like um, grappling tournaments and like amateur tournaments, like for like point fighting, karate, whatever I could get like mm -hmm. competition in. And then uh, my the coach David Lee started to see. You're still that, in contact with him now. Yeah, he's still yeah. my coach. Yeah. I mean, uh, I still go train there. Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, he's one of the best coaches in the world. What's his base? Uh, Jiu-jitsu and boxing. Okay. Yeah. But he's, uh, you know, he's adapted to, you know, add wrestling and kickboxing. But his specialty as far as, like, what he's good at is jiu-jitsu and, and boxing, I would say. Mm -hmm. But he's uh, he's just a great MMA coach. He knows how to put it all together and, you know, train his fighters to be ready for battle. Um, so what was I saying again? Well, you're just talking about the evolution, how he started you and how, you know, you were, you were doing some amateur stuff. You were doing some grappling tournaments. You were doing Yeah, so he, he, I was coming to the fighters training time with like... So uh, the professionals and the amateur classes. You were doing everything pretty much. I was doing everything, yeah. yeah. So he's seen that I was starting to do really well against, you know, some of the fighters. And he said, do you, are you like interested in like fighting? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to do. So he started looking for other like kids you know that wanted to do that and obviously back then nobody wanted to do that you know especially like 15 year old 16 year old yeah. kids so um after looking for a little while and not having any look luck we um we ended up finding a like a 20 year old guy who wanted to fight and uh it worked out and then from there, I just fought older people until I fought Jordan Mean, who's the same age as me. Canadian, yeah. I think it was my fourth or fifth fight, and it was his first professional fight. But he comes from kind of a family of martial yeah. artists. It's kind of a different story than you. I'm sure he had you know people around him forever since he was a born. Yeah, his father. Um, Lee you know, Mean, yeah. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. he's you know he's still fighting. <laughs> Nuts, yeah, yeah. his fifties, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he he raised Jordan to be a fighter from the ground up. Yeah. So we fought when we were both sixteen. Uh, or 17 i can't remember we were you know we were, we were young a local card in canada kind of one of it was his uh, father's card <laughs> in, <laughs> in his hometown and you beat him <laughs> in lethbridge yeah 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 you kind of we spoke to amen zahabi and i love to speak to guys that are real pioneers of mma because right now you kind of see guys come in and do you kind of like well, how do you feel about that you see the sport right now and you see how hard you had to work and how you had to train with older guys and men and you know you just kind of came across this gym now it's all over the place are you kind of happy about that do you think it's the evolution or do you, you kind of look back and you're like hey these guys like how do you feel about that the class right now was coming in 
Because they have opportunities. Yeah, no, I'm happy to see it. Yeah. I mean, that's the... You, you want to have the sport grow. That's yeah. what I... Mm-hmm. When I first started, I, I felt that it was going to get there and, and keep going, you know? I, yeah. Uh, that's why I, I was... Um, I was hopeful. Everyone told me, oh, you're not going to make money. You're not going to, you know, not going to do anything. No one's going to pay attention. And now it's one of the most popular sports in the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is where I see it, seen it going. So I'm glad that there's a lot of young fighters that are excited about it. And, you know. Yeah, I uh, see like, you know, TriStar, for example, the amateur team, you know, you, you try to get after the guys and motivate them. And I just want to shake some of them and be like, hey, do you know what Rory went through? Do you know what George went through? Even for us and all the guys that went through to kind of be where they are just, you know, they can fight every couple months. They can train with good guys. They know there's cards that are like, or, you know, like back then, maybe people were pulling out. You couldn't even find a guy to train with, let alone a guy to fight with. So mm-hmm. it was, it's so much harder back then you know it's kind of nice now that we you know they have all those opportunities yeah i mean a different time there's uh, i talk to a lot of the young guys now and they they go through some different problems so now guys want to pad their record they don't want to take challenges and some guys can't get fights so it's it's a little different back then it was a wild west people Mm -hmm. fight anybody it didn't matter you know And and i find too everybody was good like you're talking about fighting Jordan Mean, like nobody was really doing it that wasn't good because there wasn't enough people, you know, you would just yeah. get, it wasn't more, I feel like, you know, you look at TKO back then, the guys that George fought coming up, the guys that you fought coming up, I mean, they're all guys that you could recognize the names, which is quite insane. Yeah, most people were <laughs> fighting because they were passionate about yeah. it, yeah. not because they were trying to uh, build up their record to get to mm-hmm. their shot at the UFC. They just wanted to genuinely get in there and fight. Yeah, you know. Is it becoming like boxing now in that sense? Is boxing super developed? Maybe is MMA developing in that people are really thinking about the business side and padding the record? Do you think does that come from boxing? I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot more, you know, money in the sport mm-hmm. and opportunity and a lot more attention, TV and stuff like that. So people want to get to that that spot and they don't want to risk it by. You know, biting off more they could chew early. Yeah. Okay, so you're in, you're in you're in training in BC in uh, British Columbia, Canada. You you know you're a couple fights in. You're doing super well. At what point? At what age do you? I think you're really young when you fought for the UFC. At what age do you remember what that's like? Getting that first phone call, or did Dave tell you? I don't think you were already at TriStar for your first UFC fight, were you? No, no, I was with Dave. And then uh, how old are you? And what was what was going through your mind at that think, point? Think um, I was around 18 <laughs> or crazy. 19 when I. Um, was right on the cusp of it. We were talking to WEC, and they had the uh, 155 and 170 pound mm-hmm. guys. Um, and then when UFC had bought the WEC, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the matchmaker went over there and was basically like, because uh, we were talking to them about coming to U- uh, WEC, he said, well, uh, just we're going to basically take all the, the WEC fighters, fighters mm-hmm. and put them in UFC. So we'll have your first fight in UFC. So I was Sick. like blown away, you know, I was, what was so your record at that time? Like five and oh, no, I was, um, I think I was eight and oh, or nine and oh, oh my God. Already at like 18, 19 years old. It was something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. I was pretty, bu- I was pretty busy <laughs> in my early, uh, early yeah. years. My first three years I was fighting quite a bit. Yeah. Do you yeah. fight Cajun? Yeah, I he fought, fought Cajun I Johnson. Fought, yeah, exactly. I Cajun, yeah, <laughs> not too, uh, not too. I think it was seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. So you get the call. Now you're going to UFC, and your first fight. Um, 
I think your second fight they gave you Condit, right? Or your yeah, yeah. Who was the second? Fight. Your first fight was Mike Guyman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Guyman. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was the kind of a welterweight type. king of the cage champion, and um, at that time I was the lightweight king, uh, king of the cage champion, and I you was fought a lightweight. Yeah, I, didn't I was a, okay. I was a lightweight all the way until I was like uh, nineteen. Yeah, when I fought. You know, um, you say I, all the way like it's a long career. You were 19 years old. Yeah, because I was growing. You know, I for was sure. I was just a, yeah. a a kid. I was a a bit of a late bloomer, and uh, like I said, I was a bit of like a dweeby, small, skinny kid, and I started to fill out more in my 20s, like early 20s, and so I started to not want to like I was getting a little bit big for 155, and I saw my future at 170, and. Uh, the guys at WEC were saying, you know, if you want to come here, have a couple fights. So I had two fights at, at 170 before I fought at the UFC against Mike Guyman. So does that is that kind of what attracted you to Montreal? Because you do talk about, I mean, George was very um, transparent about the fact that he was bullied. And he was, I'm not saying you're bullied, but you say, you know, you're a bit of a more quiet kid, a bit of a more reserved. Is that what kind of attracted you to Montreal? Was, was George and his style or was it no. really the gym? No, that had nothing to do with it. Okay. It was just, um, I I was training in a small town with, at Toshido, and um, my sparring um, was starting to dwindle. The guys were starting to focus on their work. Like there was a group of us, of like I'd say four or five guys. No, that nothing. Yeah. Yeah, but we were a tight group, and we were we were like we were we were all pretty much undefeated, I think, and we were like taking ground and all making a career Whoa. for ourselves. But the guys were a lot older than me, you know. They were in their twenties, thirties, and you know they had some of them had families and responsibilities, jobs. I was just a kid, so you know I was just focused on that. I didn't have anything else to really worry about. So those guys ended up having to like focus on their careers and not, and kind of put MMA and training on the back burner. So I was running out of sparring partners at that point, and. Um, you know, I felt like I needed to test myself against, you know, other top level guys like, you know, George and all the other amazing talent at TriStar at that time. Oh, my God. When that I, time. Yeah. yeah. So Dave Wazo, Nordin Taleb. There were yeah, so many guys. Dennis. And it was just oh, it, was, was, it was packed. It was crazy. Awesome room. And George was constantly bringing in great martial artists from yeah. all over the world, Brazil, um, America. So I got a ton of... Uh, great opportunity to train with amazing top level guys and just to learn from veterans too, get good advice and stuff. So that was an amazing opportunity. And that's, that's what brought me to Montreal. That's a brought Yeah. Uh, so again, I, I just want to go back to the, now the beginning of your UFC career, because when I watched the fight with you in Condit, man, it's like, it's so crazy to realize how young you are. And then you know how good he was. Like they never gave you any easy breaks. You were always the guy that took the fights they gave you. So they give you a guy, Carlos Condit, who a few fights later is fighting for a UFC title. Um, a few fights later is one of the best in the world. Do you know at this time how good Condit is or were you just like a kid that was young? Because you went in there and again, if anybody goes back, watch that fight, you're winning that fight until you get stopped late in the fight. Obviously, you're so much younger, you know, maybe now you maybe would have had a strategy differently. But did you know who he was at that time? Absolutely. He was, uh, I think he, yeah, he, he was, was the WEC champ. He was the WEC champ. So, um, and I was, he was one of my favorite fighters at the time. So I I knew very well who he okay. was, <laughs> and uh, when they offered Condit to me after I beat Mike Guyman, I was like surprised, shocked. 
did not think that they were going to be put put me there um but the young lion you know that just wanted to get in there and scrap was like yeah you couldn't say no no way <laughs> i wanted i wanted to go against those guys that's why i was here um but in the end i think the experience the lack of experience against that level of fighter uh, made the difference yeah I, I, that's what i want to get to because you know gabe uh, brought up a good point off air he was saying you know he's talking about mental preparation what fighters go through do you think your mental preparation changed from that point to what it is now is your is your do you do something different now or are you more like you know like you said you were a young hungry kid you were a long, young lion yeah my mental aspects changed a lot yeah it's a big part so, yeah sometimes i wish i could go back <laughs> to uh that fire that i had in my youth it's uh my life has changed so much in the last uh, 12 years and even more so in the last like five. Um, but it's just crazy to look back and see where I came from. Sometimes mm -hmm. I, I, I meditate on that. But yeah, I was uh, I was a totally different person back then and my mindset was totally different. Uh, my life was um, was totally different. So, you know, I approach things a lot differently. Well, what changed though? What do you think, like specifically in your mental preparation? Can you say it was different before to now? Uh, Building up to a fight, you know. Yeah, um, I think now with all my experience and the fact that I, I just, I, I, I've done it so much, I've gotten a bit numb to it. Like it doesn't, like uh, it doesn't scare me anymore. When I, even when I'm standing in the octagon as much, like it's still like obviously it's you get that that fear and adrenaline but it's nowhere like it was when i was a kid mm -hmm. you know and even when i was training um there was just a different uh level of uh you know uh, the unknown nerves yeah you know when you're a kid and you just you want to go out there and you know see what you're made of and i feel like i've gotten so much experience um that i've gotten a little bit like uh numb to it i guess mm -hmm. you know and now I, I have a lot of experience so it's technical and i just try to stay relaxed and you know i've i've done this dance a thousand times yeah. so just kind of you yeah. know yeah so yeah again i don't want to keep you here forever because there's so much we, we you know we could talk about there's so much we can go over with the legend rory mcdonald here at the boom boom show guys we don't ask much like comment and subscribe um <laughs> throw it in there you got to um yeah so let's fast forward a bit now you're in the ufc you're an established fighter you're fighting for the ufc title they give you Robbie Lawler. So what's going through your mind leading to that training camp? Because that obviously is one of the most legendary fights in MMA. It's going to go down as top. It's going to go down anybody's top 50 that's in there, even like top 10 if you, if you really get into it. What's going through your mind going, going to that fight? What was your training camp like at that time? Do you remember anything specifically before that fight? Because yeah. now you're, you're a title contender now in the UFC. You're where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was um, where I was. I had uh, quite a busy year. Um I had like four or five fights. I had fought Robbie the first time. I fought, uh, and I wanted to fight right away. Um, he beat me by split decision. And uh, I asked my manager in the airport on the way home, get me another fight. <laughs> uh, so they offered me Damian Maya. Took it, fought him like, uh, I think, two months later that or something like that. was such a brilliant performance. Like yeah, to beat thanks. Damian Maya the way you did. You know, I yeah, mean, he, you. if you look at like textbook MMA, you know, you don't want to get taken down with Damian Maya. Well, you got taken down and you got up, you swept him actually. And yeah. then you kept on the feet and then you, you know, textbook fight right there. It was a good fight. We yeah. fought, we had, we had a really hard fight together. It was a memorable one. 
Then I fought Tyrone Woodley soon after that, just a handful of months after that. That's and, another, my God, man, what a fight that was. Tarek Safadine. So it was like a boom, 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 boom. And, um, and yeah, you beat Tarek so bad he came to Montreal to train. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, I got to see what this guy's doing. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, we, uh, we, we knocked out three good wins and uh, we met up with Robbie again. Robbie uh, had won the title, George had retired. And it was my opportunity to take that spot, so I was uh, nice, I was yeah. pretty excited to get in there and to, you know, go after what I set out for from the beginning when I was 14. My goal was to be UFC champion, so that was uh, that was a big moment for me. Um, it was a crazy time in my life. I probably wasn't as focused as I should have been. I was excited for it, and. Um, I, I just uh, I think I had a, a few toxic things in my life that that uh, in hindsight I wish I could go back and take them out <laughs> you know yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, at the end uh, we still had a great fight I fought I fought hard and uh, you know it it changed my career mm-hmm. you know for in a lot of ways and uh, cemented my my name in the sport. And I'm thankful for it. It yeah. was a great opportunity. It's crazy because, you know, like there's there's always moments like that. You see the Ultimate Fighter 1 where the two guys like really people don't even remember that Forrest Griffin beat Stephen Bonner. Everybody remembers the legendary fight that brought the sport up. And that was one of those fights where you guys, whatever happened in that fight, I mean, yes, he won. But in the end, like all you remember is it was a war. It was a war, a war, and both guys are super respected. Both guys came out of that, like you said, more popular. That was one of those fights. It's rare that happens. It's like once a year, once every two years where it's like, or like when Joanna fought, um, was it Zhang Weili where she was all messed up, you know, her face after? Yeah. Like where the, and that fight happens, like, you, yeah, you remember she lost, but you kind of remember more that she's such a warrior for staying in there. Sure. And that's something about you. And I think that's something about your career. Like it goes back to when you were a kid. You just, you're one of those guys that were just too tough for your own good. Like you talk about guys that pad their career now. You were just fighting. You didn't care about injuries. I, I man, I speak to Eamon about this. Spoke to Michael Ricci about this. Like you're one of those guys. You never cared about injuries. You never cared about like your mental going up to fight week was always on point. You never like were negative. You're never. You just went out there and did your thing. And it was great to see you finally get rewarded in in popular culture because of that fight, even though it was a loss. Man, you you became a legend because of that fight. So what's so after that? What's the backlash like? Like we're not gonna get too much into it, but what happens after that fight? What's going through your mindset after such a performance? Do you know right away that you've just made history because you literally made history in that fight? Like, not really. Um, I was just uh, kind of choked at myself that, sucks. that I yeah, lost. That you lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I was just looking at it from the competitor side, mm-hmm. and I lost my my chance at my goal. So I was pretty upset with myself, and uh, I had a pretty bad injury on my nose. But I was still like full of like fuel and like fire in me, you know, like I really wanted to get it back. And uh, it just, you know, my my nose just put the brakes on me like I'd shattered my nose. It was just a mess. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I just kept injuring it and in training and uh, it, you know, ended up like taking a very long time for it to heal because I was just not letting giving it time. I was wanting to train, spar, do all that stuff. But to answer your question, no, I it didn't sink in to me about how, you know, that fight affected my career at that point. I didn't look at it that way. But I see it now. You know, I still get comments almost every day on my social media about the fight. Just crazy. Mm-hmm. Like years later, people still thinking about it, you know. 
Yeah, well, there was that, about it. that monumental, legendary stare down after the fourth or third round, after the third or fourth round. When you, what was going through your mind when you just, was it just like, you're like, yo, I, I just want to get, like, it was so intense. I was watching it as your friend and I was like, I remember my brother and I, we were like both, I would think I was at my brother's house. Yeah, I was at my brother's house. We were freaking out. Like we were both freaking out. I had chills. I was almost sweating. Like what's going through your mind when you stare him down like that? Like okay, that, cause so you initiated that. It wasn't him. It was you initiated no, that. No, it actually was him. It was him? Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you a bit of backstory. Cause um, you almost finished him on, you almost finished him and then, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that um, in the third round I almost finished him, and then in the beginning of the fourth I really tried to go out there and finish him, but he uh, held his ground and he started to get momentum in that fourth round, and he was really starting to, like, uh, he was starting to pick up speed uh, midway through the fourth, and he was starting to feel me break in the end of the fourth. I could see it, uh, I could feel it, I could feel the energy of it. And anyway, I've seen Robbie do it do this to people mm -hmm. where he's getting that speed he's getting that momentum and he, he could feel that he's taking his guy out he's hunting them down breaking them down and he gets in their face and he like he does kind of like uh in intimidation you know like he'll he'll walk you down he did it to johnny hendrix he got in his face right. i think after the fight and just johnny like you know put his head down turned away and just kind of like didn't want any any more of it but robbie's the kind of guy that the bell doesn't stop a guy like that like yeah. he's just a natural born fighter and uh, i always said like i'm not gonna let that guy do that to me i'm not gonna let nobody do that to me so when that moment came when all i wanted to do was get back to that bench okay that's all that i wanted like my legs were done my i couldn't breathe my nose was busted um it was in i was in bad shape at that point i was completely exhausted and then I, he, he stared me down. He spit to the ground. All blood came out. Like, and then he, he looked at me like with like a, you know, and he walked forward. And I was turning my back and I seen it and I was like, no, I'm not going to let that. I'm not going to turn my back to that. And so I, uh, I stood my ground. Yeah. And that's where that, that moment came from. But unfortunately in the fifth round it didn't go too yeah. well after but that knows, but i think it was already broken at that point it didn't break yeah, in the fifth no, round it was no, broken. I broke in the second round yeah yeah it was pretty much uh yeah it was most of the fight that i was dealing with it yeah what's that like so again as a as let's say you know I, i'm a i was a professional fighter myself fortunately i never broke my nose in a fight but what's that like fighting through a broken nose well, because there's there's times when you're in a fight, you know, you're hurt. I've broken my nose in other okay, fights. Okay, it's so not you knew the feeling It's well, it's not. Well, that was the first time, actually. Okay. Uh, afterwards, it's broken in a couple of fights, but not that bad. Like Stephen Thompson broke my nose, uh, but it was like it was OK. It was whatever. Just like a simple break. But the fight with Robbie, my nose was a mess and there was a lot of blood. And going. you knew it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like it was a serious problem, but like I, like I knew about it. You know, like it was really affecting me. But I was putting on a bit of a poker face. Yeah, poker face, and uh, you know that was. It's just a different level of like something to you know a different injury. Like uh, when Steven broke my nose, it just kind of hurt, and I I like grabbed my face, and then I got back into it. But with uh, Robbie, it would start like uh, it was in the second round. So he was targeting my nose with his straight left a lot. Every time it was hitting me, it was just was like... This punch too. Yeah. And then in the fifth round, he was just touching it. He wasn't even hitting hard. He was just pop, pop. And it was just breaking me down. I was so exhausted. 
More like a Chinese torture event. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, it's just because it was it the fight was so incredibly hard and there was so much damage put out and uh, there was so much fatigue. It really wore on me. Whereas I've had my nose kind of break or you know crack in fights. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad. Yeah. But when you can't breathe and stuff with the blood and loss of blood and damage and the heat of the and they say you shouldn't fight, blow your nose either. Yeah, and I blew it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think I broke it in the Carlos <laughs> Condit fight too. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like a fracture where yeah, calcified something, over or something. Something like that. Yeah. Didn't get X-ray. You're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, probably not at, yeah, that, exactly. at that time. Yeah, I know what that's like. Okay, so a little bit better moment now for you because those are obviously some crazy. They're great moments, but you know, it comes with a with an L. Let's talk about you go to Bellator now and you win a world title. I remember watching your world title fight um, with the guys at TriStar, and we just. Rory finally becoming world champion was like it was like a thousand pounds off everybody's back because we all knew it was coming but we're just like when is it coming yeah. like you know you, you're going to be a world champion we all knew it you put in the work you put in the time you, we all know you're the best fighter you see you in TriStar Gym we've seen you for years and years like what you can do in sparring so what's that like when you finally get like a world title around your waist and what's the feeling like I mean it's not let's let's be real it's not UFC mm-hmm. but it's still a world title against a freaking amazing opponent Lima who Man, that guy could do some serious damage anywhere. I don't care where he fights. Yeah, it was it was a great uh, accomplishment. You know, that fight was hard. You know, I felt like I was really um, dominating the fight with wrestling and my pressure. But I had just I got one of those refs that just wanted to keep standing us up, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was just uh, I kept just taking tons of damage. But I was really uh, I was really happy with myself that I that I pushed through my body told me to stop and everything, you know, my, that did the Robbie fight help that? Yeah, it did. You know, being able to break down those walls, looking back at fights and be like, Oh, you know, I had more to give, you know, why did I stop? So, um, that experience did help to shut those voices of doubt off. You know, when you're in, when you're in a fight and, um, you know, you're getting hurt, you're, you're you have a voice inside your head telling you to stop it's just i mean you you've probably mm-hmm. felt that yeah, a lot sure, of people yeah. have and you got to be able to shut that voice off and i was able to do that in that fight and uh you know it's something i was very happy with to be able to do that and go out in the last round and and uh you know take him down and and uh, finish the round hard with ground and pound and win the fight and the guy had some devastating leg kicks. I mean, uh, we talked yeah. about off air, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the most painful injuries in my career. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. People talk about that, like how devastating the leg kick is. It's, it's just, you know, uh, Faber says he still has damage from uh, being leg kicked by uh, by Aldo back in the WEC days. Yeah. It's one of those injuries that, like, it's just annoying to take leg kicks, right? Especially yeah. you guys who do it well. And the calf kick is, like, kind of another level too what do you think about that that calf kick it sucks <laughs> but uh it's a great technique and uh, i think uh lima does it really well mm-hmm. yeah so okay so now you're world champion then you go to pfl so now you're with pfl are you gonna you thinking of resigning with them what's gonna happen next season or i got do you know anything about it i got one left on my one more season left on my contract oh, with nice. them okay so i'm really gonna you know focus this time on uh getting myself ready so i can go out there and and win that season i think that's crucial for my career going forward uh if i lose uh i lose one of these fights this year it's um it's not a good thing for my career so i'm i'm super focused on going out there but are you gonna fight again this season or it's gonna be next season it's gonna be next season i'm done for the season Mm -hmm. so you like that style the season with the playoffs and everything yeah there's 
there's uh you know good and bad it's i fought three times in six months back-to-back training camps so and the guys are good too yeah they're good really good guys now that they got yeah it's just um you know the the training camps like back-to-back no rest it's 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 a test you know that that can that's really not easy especially the weight cuts too it all takes its toll so you got to be uh you got to be ready for that and uh, I'm going to be better prepared for it this year coming you know, up. We bet, man. We, we, we want to see you kill it. We want to see you do well, obviously. Uh, you know, look, you, you there was a weird loss there to Tebow, which, I, again, uh, you know, after the backlash was the MMA gods were giving him his win back because he's supposed to beat Khabib. You know, oh, he, yeah. he, he fought Khabib, and, like, everybody says he won that fight. You know, if you go back and watch, it's very debatable. But what's going through your mind when, like, decisions like that happen? If anybody doesn't know, you lost a split decision loss to Tebow. And, again, I'm maybe I'm your friend, maybe I'm biased, but I've spoken on the Internet. You could just see the backlash, like, yeah, I, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, obviously, I felt in my heart that I won. Um, and it, getting this – and I've had fights where I've lost – decisions that i felt that i won mm-hmm. but this one was very obvious and it was nice to have like the internet outpouring of like support so that really softened the blow um i uh, i didn't take it too hard because of that and uh, it's just one of those things yeah. that you can't control i uh, i did uh, what i felt that i needed to do to win the fight and it just didn't work out in the judge's eyes so mm-hmm. you move forward so now you have, I mean, you know, we won't get too much into it, but the 170, the final is going to be Cooper against, I think, the Russian? or Yeah, Megamod, Megamod, yeah, yeah, yeah. Karamov, yeah. Karamov. How do you yeah. see that fight going in the finals of the PFL 170 tournament? Um, You know, I think uh, it's 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 tough because, um, you know, Karamov's stand-up is not as good as uh, Ray's, mm-hmm. and his, Ray's punching power is, you know, it's very dangerous. Um but Karamov has a way of getting it to the ground, and I think he's gonna edge him out if he gets him there. But it, uh, I don't think Ray will be as because they fought before. He rushed him, and that ended up being the reason why he got taken down. Yeah, I think he'll be a little bit more uh, easy going this mm-hmm. time and try to just keep it standing, be a little bit more safe. Did that surprise you with your fight with Ray Ray Cooper? Like how much he came forward and tried to wrestle you? Because, I mean, uh, yeah, the wrestling surprised me for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I thought he was going to want to keep it standing, but, uh, yeah, I yeah. knew that he was going to come forward, like as yeah. far as striking, but yeah, he tried, he definitely, uh, I wasn't prepared for the wrestling. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, so what's next for you? I guess now you finally have some time off. You just did one of your, uh, your crazy Roy McDonald three fights a season, you know, like you're so known for doing just getting in there and banging and now you have some time off. What's, uh, what are you going to focus on right now? Now I'm going to focus on some uh, strength and conditioning. i got to get my body strong. I think that's something that I, I really uh, neglected the last mm-hmm. little while. So uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of that and uh, just focusing on a few martial arts things that I want to uh, strengthen going into the next season. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're always evolving, I guess. You know, yeah. We're just always trying to find the, the little kinks and tools. Yeah, man, Rory, I... I we know you're gonna do it, man. I, I, you know, another world title for you is just gonna be like what a cherry on top of a crazy career if you become another one. But, like I said, uh, all the best, good luck, and uh, again, PFL's lucky to have you, man. They've got a legend of sport, and you're gonna be entering that tournament now, and maybe you know, maybe you'll be more of the underdog now, or maybe it's just gonna be back to the old Rory ways where you you have your back against the wall. You're you're a kid again walking to the gym, you know. Yeah. The Red King is 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 coming back. Watch out for the PFL uh, PFL season. 
Rory, thanks, man. We hope to see you uh, soon. Thanks for doing this. And again, uh, you have anybody, like any sponsor or anything you want to say or any, any no. last words? No, I appreciate uh, the time to come and chat with you. Yeah, it was super fun, man. Super fun. Guys, thank you very much. That's it for the Boom Show. Like, comment, subscribe. That's the Red King, Rory McDonald, legend in the MMA game. We have him here on the Boom Show. We are lucky. We are thankful. BTC Studios. Peace.